Thanks to FreshBooks for supporting the Productivity Show. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days. No catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash TPS and enter TPS in the how did you hear about us section to get started. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Now, this isn't going to be your normal New Year productivity podcast. You may or may not know that a few days after this podcast is released, it'll be the start of a new Chinese New Year, or more accurately called a new Lunar New Year. We figure 5,000 years of Asian culture can't be wrong, so since this is Asian efficiency, we're going to talk about some of the lessons from Lunar New Year traditions and how we can apply them to have a more productive and happy 2020. So, happy year of the metal rat. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 283. And now, on with the show. All right. Hello, this is Brooks, the Operations Director of Asian Efficiency. Hello, everybody. This is Tan, founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. All right. You'll see I am very prepared for today's episode. I am wearing red. And just before we started recording, I ate a don tat, which is like a Chinese egg tart that my wife bought this morning. I ate that purely for research purposes for this episode. Uh, no other reason. But yeah, we're going to be talking about just so happens when we were planning these episodes out that we realized that we would have an episode that was releasing just before what in Vancouver we tend to call Chinese New Year because it's a very high Chinese population, but probably more accurate to call it Lunar New Year. So we thought it would be fun to do an episode all about that, especially since we are Asian efficiency and it seems amazing that it's taken about almost 300 episodes to actually get to this topic, but we thought it would be fun. But before we do that, what we always like to do is we always like to start each episode with our top three resources. So these are three things that are making us more productive or we're really enjoying right now. So I'll roll in and share the top three resources that we came up with this week. So number one is an app called Just Timers. And like it says on the tin, it's an app that allows you to to just create multiple timers so you can have timers set for reading, for napping, I guess for Pomodoro if you want, maybe for coffee. You can create all these different timers in a really simple interface. It's, unfortunately, this is iOS only, not Android, but it works really well with Siri. So you can create Siri shortcuts and you, Siri voice activation just for each of your timers. So I've been using it for a while. It's really handy. That's number one. Number two is the Logics, that's Logics with two eyes. Peel's AirPod case. Now I've never been an AirPod case person. One of the things I really like about the AirPod is how AirPod case is how slim and minimal it is. So I've never wanted to bulk it up with a case. However, my son, of all people, we were shopping the other day and he, he found these and we tried it on. And yeah, so I have a nice red case for my AirPods now and it's super, super thin, but it also makes it less slippery. And we've become somehow, I don't know how this happened, but we've become one of those families where all four of us have AirPods now. So it's become really important for us to be able to tell whose AirPods is whose. So these, these Logic Peels AirPod cases are the way we did that. 
And number three is mixed tiles. So this is something that Marie from the Asian Efficiency Team was recommending. So mixed tiles are these beautiful photo tiles that you have made and then they can stick to your walls. You don't have to nail them or do any damage. And you can have really nice photos put on your wall with mixed tiles. So those are our top three resources. So Tan, we're going to be talking about Lunar New Year today. And what are some of your, well, I guess we should, <laughs> we should uh, address the elephant in the room, which is, I, I mean, Tan, I've met you uh, a number of times. We've hung out. I think one thing you've probably realized by now uh, is that I am actually not Asian. That might, I don't know if that's a, a shock to you, but, <laughs> but I am not Asian. So we'll see how qualified I am to talk about this topic. But it is my understanding that you are Asian. Is, is that correct for starters? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. I think uh, if you're listening to this podcast and almost 300 episodes in, you haven't realized that yet. Yes, I am Asian. And as one of the founders of Asian Efficiency, which is the company behind this podcast today, we started off as a joke as saying, hey, you know, we should create this blog called Asian Efficiency and share some of our best practices around being efficient and how we get stuff done because we have this positive stereotype that we are uh, efficient. And that slowly turned into, you know, a joke and, and now 300 episodes almost later, and nine years later, we're still here today in helping people all over the world becoming more productive and achieving their goals. And I'm excited to talk about uh, <laughs> Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year today as well and, and share some of the practices that you know we've kind of like learned from going through that and then also kind of like drawing lessons from that so that everybody can take something away from it. Whether you, you know, participate in Lunar New Year or not, there's something for you here today to learn from. We record these episodes live in front of the dojo, which is our productivity community. Uh, and Katie in the dojo is saying, if I want, I could identify as Asian. I am not going to touch that. I am definitely am not Asian. However, one thing I will say is that my wife grew up in Canada, uh, born in South America, grew up in Canada. However, she is uh, ethnically Chinese and her parents are from China. And we've been together almost 20 years now. So while I personally am not Asian, my kids are half Asian. And a lot of the traditions we're going to be talking about today, I've learned and had a definitely had a deep dive into over the last 20 years. So, so I think this will be a fun episode because even though we're talking about Lunar New Year and productivity, there are definitely things you can learn and apply from these traditions. That's the funny thing about traditions, right? A lot of these traditions are traditions for a reason. They came from a, a certain place. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and kind of make a connection to the productivity that we're doing now. So before we get into those kind of productivity tips, just out of curiosity, did you celebrate Lunar New Year tradition? Like, did you have family traditions that you that you did every year? I know you, you while you're Asian, you grew up in the Netherlands. Did you still do the Lunar New Year celebrations? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every year, this is usually around February or so, right? So if you're growing up as a kid in the Netherlands, the New Year always starts on January 1st for most people, right? And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it's almost February now and I still haven't made a lot of progress on my new year. Well, guess what? You get a second opportunity now because now it's uh, Lunar New Year. So you can use this as a foundation as well to continue to work on your goals or just use this as a reset. And when I was growing up to, to my parents, this was always a big deal and uh, the traditional new year as well. But for me, it was all about the red envelopes. And uh, if you're not familiar with this concept, so when you're a kid, most of the time when I was growing up, I wouldn't see my parents' friends that often. Like I would come with them every now and then, but I would rather stay home and play video games. And so 
when it's New Year, you have to come out of your shell and then visit all your parents, friends, and family members, and cousins, and people you haven't seen in a while, because there's now an incentive. Because when you visit them, they will give you this red envelope, and in this red envelope is money. And so I was always looking forward to this time of year because this is the time of year I would make bank. This is the time of year when I would make so much money as a little kid just for showing up. Right, so I would go visit family, and then you would get like five dollars here, or ten dollars there, and then if you know, if it's like your grandparents or people really close to your family, they would give you more money. And sometimes I would get like a hundred dollar bill in my red envelope, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And you know, I think the most I've ever collected in one year was close to like five or six hundred dollars in just red envelopes. And then my parents would take some of that, and I would have some of that for myself. <laughs> so that was always my favorite memory growing up: is just okay. This is the time of year I have to dress up again and like visit all my uh, family and friends uh, of my parents. And then it was always, you know, a time of year where my parents would go crazy when it comes to cleaning the home, right? And I never understood why. And they would have these like fruit trees at home and like have all these different rituals. And as a little kid, I was just like, oh, okay, sure. You know, I'm just here for the money. I don't care about anything else. But now growing up, you know, I understand why they did that. Yeah, obviously, I didn't grow up with Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year celebrations. I grew up in very small, let's just say not very diverse logging towns here in British Columbia. However, as I mentioned, I've had a pretty big crash course in it in the last almost 20 years I've been with my wife. And uh, one thing, definitely, it's funny you say that about the red envelopes. My kids, they really have no interest in speaking or doing anything Cantonese related, Chinese related. However, the one time a year they are very happy to to speak Cantonese and they figured this out at a very young age is at Chinese New Year when they go to their grandparents and, you know, say the the Cantonese phrase for Happy New Year and then, the, you know, hoping to get the, the red envelopes. And yeah, when I first started uh, dating my wife, we actually, or not when I started dating her, when we got engaged, I actually gave up my apartment and moved in with my in-laws for a couple of years while my wife saved up for our first house. So yeah, when Chinese New Year rolled around, I would have no idea what was going on. But yeah, like you said, everything's getting big time cleaned up. There's food all over the place. There's there's people visiting. Even to this day, my mother-in-law will come to our house and bring, uh, you know, the little plates of small little oranges or whatever little citrus fruits those are to have on the have on the table and the candies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been a really fascinating experience for me. And yeah, my kids are definitely that's definitely their favorite part of Chinese New Year. Besides the, the food is the definitely the red envelopes. So this year is the year of the rat or more accurately, the year of the metal rat. I myself am a as I've learned, is a, I'm an ox, apparently. The year that I born, I'm an ox. How about you, Tan? What's a, what year are you? I am a rabbit. So I have no idea what these signs mean, but <laughs> I know every year is always different. So I always look forward to discovering every Chinese New Year uh, what that year is and then kind of looking into what that means for, for this particular year. And so I believe for the rabbit, it's really about prosperity this year. Yeah. And the rat is actually, it's funny because usually when, when there's different zodiac years, there's 
supposedly are good for some signs, not so good for other signs. Actually, usually it's not so good for the sign of the year that it is. However, uh, the rat is a little unique, apparently, because it is the first year of the zodiac. So it's considered like a year of new beginnings and renewals. And it's actually generally supposed to be, I'm sure we'll get emails on this, but (laughs) it's definitely supposed to be a positive year for all signs. So if you're going to start connecting your productivity and taking some of the lessons, this is a great year to do that because the year of the rat is a year, like I said, for new beginnings. It's, It's when people restart their goals. They have aspirations. They start new hobbies. It's a great year for starting things and founding things and evolving things. So it could be anything from starting a new project to getting new habits, including rekindling friendships and relationships that maybe you've let lapse. No problem. This is a great time to kind of restart that. So it's a great year to be doing this episode, I think, because it's it's a it's something that we tend to think of when we're doing our New Year's planning is we're looking at these things, whether we want to start new ones or whether we maybe didn't do, do so well on previous years and we want to restart them. Well, this is a great tie into that. And like you said earlier, the nice thing about paying attention to both Lunar New Year and Western Calendar New Year is you have that second chance. So it, it's a great opportunity to do that. So let's talk about some of the practices around Lunar New Year. And the first one is family time. So when it comes to Lunar New Year, it's one of the biggest movements of people all over the world. Like, I think one in five people is essentially Asian. So that is a lot of people all over the world traveling to visit their families and and spend time with them. And when it comes to this tradition, it's really important to, uh, you know, share food together, be around each other share ideas and share wealth with each other, which is where the red envelopes ideas come from. And when it comes to productivity, I think a lot of us tend to forget why we are into this. Like, why are we so gung-ho about achieving our goals? Why are we so gung-ho about being more efficient? Why do we want to be more effective when it comes to managing our time? And if we really distill it down, it really comes down to spending quality time with our family people that matter most to us, whether it's your brother, your siblings, your your mom and dad, your own kids, your significant other. Family time is really important. And I think this is a universal thing among all of us. And if I look back at all the clients that I've worked with and people that we've impacted, a big theme oftentimes when it comes to why they want to be so productive is so that they have the time, the energy, And focus to be able to say, hey, I want to spend this Saturday with my son and take him to soccer practice and watch him play a game and stuff like that, right? Or I want to be able to take my daughter out for a nice dinner and sit together with her and kind of catch up and and, and see how I can be a great parent to her and and offer advice and, and all that stuff. And so I think it's something that all of us need to remind ourselves of more often is that, yes, we can schedule in family time, right? I know every Chinese New Year, I'm going to get phone calls from all these different people. I'm going to see them at the family gathering and all that stuff. But we don't have to wait once a year to connect and, and be with these people. We can do it throughout the whole year, right? And so I think what's really important for all of us is just to remember that if we are in constant communication with the people that matter most to us, that generates a lot of like happiness and prosperity and that brings us a lot closer. So I think don't forget sight of what's really important to you here. And that is family. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. And as, actually, it's a it's a good thing to keep in mind that even though you know this episode is themed with the Lunar New Year and we're kind of revolving things around that, if that's not a, a holiday that resonates with you or that's not a topic that resonates with you, no problem. I'll substitute any kind of quote-unquote excuse that works for you that you can apply these because all the things we're going to be talking about really can apply to any kind of connection-based situation throughout the year and it can be really really difficult to fit in time for the things that this family time this connection time that's why nice holidays do make a great anchor for that so whether it's lunar new year whether it's i know thanksgiving in the united states is a big deal from what i understand there's all sorts of different wherever you are uh, there's all sorts of different events my wife after graduating university she actually moved to hong kong for a number of years before the handover and then during the handover and then after the handover and she said before the handover was great because you had all the chinese holidays that you would celebrate and focus on but you'd also have the british ones so it was a great combination so there'd always be something that you could be targeting to spend time with family to spend time with friends and if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh man i just don't have time to to connect as well as i would like to throughout the year we have a lot of tools for that so we have articles and podcasts about how to plan a perfect week how to prioritize your to-do list in the dojo our productivity community we have courses specifically on those topics so if you decide that making those connections that spending more time with family is the reason why you are productive, which I think is a, a lot of us, if we, like you said, you get down to that root reason for why it is that you're doing what you're doing, there are resources out there that that can help you. And we'll, we'll drop links to those in the show notes to this podcast at theproductivityshow.com forward slash 283. If you're listening to this and you go, okay, I want to connect with more family members. I want to spend more time with them, but how do I do this aside from Thanksgiving and Lunar New Year and all these other different events? An easy way to think about this is that the more you focus on this particular area, the more likely it is for you to come to this fruition where it actually is going to happen and it's going to unfold in your life. And so a lot of times when we just kind of consider it as an afterthought, like, oh yeah, I'll spend time with my mom whenever, guess what? It usually just doesn't happen because something will come up at work and that will take priority or something happens with your kid and that takes priority. And then, you know, obviously the last thing you want to think about is like, oh yeah, I should call my dad or I should spend time with my grandpa or uh, I shouldn't spend more time on the phone with my brother or sister and so on, right? And so that just gets easily pushed aside if we don't actively focus on it. And so a way to kind of address that is by saying, okay, what if I put that first on my calendar or on my to-do list before anything else, right? So what if you put it on your calendar to call your mom every Sunday, right? And I, I used to get made fun of when I told people that I put it on my calendar to call my mom every Sunday. They go, well, that sounds so inorganic. Like that, that's so technical. Like, why would you do that? That should be super organic. Like, why would you need a repeating event on your calendar or a task manager to make that happen? Like that, that's kind of weird, Tam. And I go, well, maybe it is a little weird, but if it helps me reconnect with my mom, that is the most important thing, right? And my mom loves the fact that I call her every single week, right? And that makes her feel loved. And that is what shapes our relationship. And same thing with my dad. And if it 
takes a repeating events on my calendar to make that happen, then that's what it takes, right? So at the end of the day, nobody cares about that because at the end of the day, all my mom cares about is that she has been in constant communication with her son. Same thing with my dad, same thing with my brothers, right? And they don't really care how it actually happens. And so I don't like to trust my memory or rely on myself to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to call them every Sunday and make it a habit by making something mechanical like a repeating event on your calendar or your task manager, you can make all these beautiful things happen in your life. And so I would highly encourage you to check out the blog posts, the podcast episodes we've done on these topics on like planning your week and how, like how to prioritize stuff. We have tons of courses inside the dojo as well. So if you just go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo, you can enroll there and check those courses out. But there's nothing bad about making this mechanical or making this a process because at the end of the day, the result is really what matters the most. And that is having a great relationship or uh, spending quality time with your family. Yeah. One thing we also do is in my family, we at least once we try to do a big family trip and when possible, we try to do it so that it interacts with other family that we don't get to see as often. So for example, hopefully my in-laws aren't listening to this podcast. I don't think they are. But however, we just did a put a big anchor trip up that we're going for a trip in spring break. We're going on a cruise, which I've never been on a cruise before. So I don't know what if I'm going to end up jumping off the ship halfway through. I'm not really sure. But we have a cruise and visiting Disneyland with my in-laws extended family. It's not a trip that I am super looking forward to, I have to admit. However, from a family perspective and my kids getting spent time with their cousins, with other extended cousins, it's really, really important. So what we did is, again, it's we never make time to, to see these people. However, what we did is we put that anchor trip on our calendar quite a while ago so that we know that that is going to happen. And then we've kind of been working everything around that. So we've made time for that big visit because we know otherwise it's just never going to happen. So that's a good thing, too, when you're planning your year is to look ahead. What are some things that you can do throughout the year to make some of this connection happen in addition to the kind of automatic recurring stuff, which is super, super powerful as well? Starting a small business isn't easy. It takes a lot of late nights, early mornings, and although we don't recommend this here on The Productivity Show, the occasional all-nighter. I know that Tan and I have both been there. If you run a business, you know that you can feel insanely busy and we're all about helping you fix that for good. Why not make things a little easier thanks to our friends at FreshBooks? They have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than that shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and have them paid two times faster with automated online payments. I used to do consulting and it was a gong show making invoices in Microsoft Word, emailing them off, hoping they'd get paid sometime, and then having to track down the client to get paid. No, there's a much better way. You can file your expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. It takes a huge amount of the stress and hassle off. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside with your business. You'll always have the tools you need when you need them without having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. I'm a lapsed accountant and even I don't want to have to deal with that stuff. So join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. 
Go to freshbooks.com forward slash TPS and enter TPS in the how did you hear about us section to get started. Uh, all right, so that is number one. So the number one tradition around uh, Lunar New Year, Chinese New Year is family time, which is definitely, definitely big. Number two, which we've talked about a little bit already, is this concept of giving gifts and giving red envelopes. So it's very, very common, as we said, to visit friends and family, and then very often you're ex- uh, exchanging gifts with family, especially, like you said, the, the the kids clean up with the red envelopes. So there's all sorts of traditions around that. You know, you pr- present a gift to the oldest, you know, giving, receive with two hands, all sort of that's that sort of thing. One lesson that my kids had to learn the hard way is when you get the gift, you don't just open it there in front of the person, you wait till you get home. But even if you're not doing that kind of Lunar New Year giving and receiving, you can still extrapolate that. And in a kind of more broader productivity standpoint, gifts and thoughtful gestures can be super, super powerful for building relationships with people that you want to spend time with, get to know better, or keep relationships going. We talked about this quite a bit in a recent episode, TPS 276, about productive networking, kind of the power of gifts there. And I just want to do a shout out to a book that we've covered recently on the podcast, which is Giftology, which is all about how you can apply gift giving to the relationships that you either have or you want to have. So for me, you know, when you mentioned the the red envelopes, I kind of got ripped off on this whole concept because the way it generally works is if you grew up in, say, a, a Chinese or an Asian household is when you're a kid, you, like you said, you get all these red envelopes. So you're you're getting all this money. But then when you're an adult, it, the tables turn and you are giving out red envelopes left, right and center. So for me, I didn't get the, get, the getting part when I was a kid. But now that I'm an adult, <laughs> I spend all my time giving out red envelopes at, at Chinese New Year. So I, I, I got the, the short end of the red envelope stick. Well, that happened to me too after I turned 25 or so. Because technically you're allowed to receive gifts if you're still single and you're still not married yet, right? So you're technically allowed to receive gifts. So I might get gifts until I'm 81, but who knows? Maybe my fortunes will change over time. But the whole idea behind giving and, and receiving is is just sharing the wealth. Like that's so important in our culture. And there's a big element of like good luck as well. Like we want to share the wealth and and share prosperity with the people that are close to us. And one of the things I've always remembered growing up was there was a time when my parents wouldn't see eye to eye with certain friends. And I would kind of like know that because, you know, I wouldn't be able to spend time with their, you know, with my friends, you know, the, the sons or the kids of the friends that my parents didn't get along with or didn't see eye to eye about certain things. And oftentimes... Chinese New Year would, would be the time when they would come back together and kind of like resolve certain issues. And and so I always remember that because people would just set aside, you know, whatever their ego said or whatever challenges that they had to come together and, you know, wish each other good luck and, and you know, lots of love and make sure that the new year that's about to start is going to be going well and starting on a high note for you. And so my parents would oftentimes use that time as well to resolve issues with you know uh, friends that they had that didn't you know maybe something happened or they didn't see eye to eye about something or there was you know miscommunication about something, and so that's something I've always remembered. And uh, if you're somebody who's listening right now and you go, oh man, like I wish I talked to my cousin more often, or last time I talked to my sister, you know it didn't go so well. This would be a great opportunity just to reach out to them and say, hey. 
what's going on? You know, I know last time when we talked, like it didn't go so well, but I want to reconnect and, and, you know, extend a lending hand to whatever I can do. You'll be surprised how many people are actually waiting for something like that to happen, but they just don't have the courage to do so. Right. And so this is a great time of year to kind of do that as well. And whether it's gifting as well, or if you're real strategic about it, like something like Giftology, the book is a great resource to check out, like Brooks mentioned earlier. But when it comes to maintaining friendships and relationships, like gifting is such a great thing to do. Even if somebody's love language isn't a gift necessarily, a really thoughtful gift has major impact, right? So even though gifting is not necessarily, quote unquote, one of my love languages, when somebody sends me a really thoughtful gift, I will always remember that, right? And that's a great way to maintain friendships and relationships, especially if it's somebody's birthday around this time of the year as well. One of the processes that I have is that with my executive assistant, she will tell me I have on my calendar basically like 25 to 30 people that I really care about the most and their birthdays are on my calendar. And so she will scan a month ahead of time and say, hey, Tian, so-and-so's birthday is coming up in the next 30 days. What do you want to do? And then I will use that time to kind of think about, oh, yeah, what's the one thing I want to do about this person? And for some people, like especially people, if you have those in your life where they could literally buy anything they want, right? The more thoughtful you are about their gifts, the more they will remember it because all the times they don't need the stuff that you buy for them. Like they could already buy it themselves if they really wanted to. So now you have to really get creative and start thinking about like, what can I do? And so one of the things that my friend did is like, you know, he knows me really well. He knows I could buy most things that I want and I probably have most things that I want already, but you know, sure. I, I, you know, he's not going to buy me a boat or something like that. (laughs) But uh, one of the things he did is he created a presentation and he started to roast me part of his presentation. And that was one of the best gifts he could give me because he was one of the very few people who could roast me and then share all these different things as a gift because of our relationship, but also monetarily, like it was priceless, right? And so when you're thinking about your friends and people you want to stay in touch with, you know, think about what you can do to be really thoughtful, right? And maintain that relationship. And up to this point, we've talked about like, oh, you know, you want to be in communication with people, talk to them on the phone or set up a dinner and, and see them. And that's one way to stay in touch with people. But another way is just to send really thoughtful gifts. So I think that's one thing that everybody can benefit from is, you know, if you spend more time just coming up with thoughtful gifts, you'll be surprised how far that will go. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you shared that example of the presentation, which, by the way, Janera in the dojo chat says you should post the roast, Tan. <laughs> so I'll leave that one up to you. But it is a good point that when we talk about gifts, it doesn't necessarily have to be something expensive or, or like big and flashy. It could be a handwritten note with just a note saying, hey, I was, I was just thinking about you. Remember that time we dot, dot, dot. It could be just the gift of time. Like it's somebody you, like you said, you haven't talked to or seen a a long time. What tends to happen is we kind of lose touch with somebody and then we feel embarrassed because we haven't reached out when we feel like we quote unquote should have. And then just that, that friction of, and that embarrassment of how we haven't reached out to the person becomes 
a barrier to reaching out to them, even if there is no like real negative thing that happened. It's just the the fact that we haven't reached out to them becomes uh, yet another barrier to, to to reaching out. I'm just laughing because in in the dojo chat, uh, there's a, a chant of post the rose, post the rose. <laughs> but yeah, so gifts don't have to be sending somebody an iPad or something like that. Even the smallest gesture, if it's thoughtful, can have a really outsized impact. Yeah, and if you're having trouble thinking about, okay, how do I create a thoughtful gift? Go check out Giftology, the book, right? So we'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. Just go to theproductivityshow.com slash 2A3 or just go to your podcast app and just look for the link there. Really easy resource. Another thing is just to think about what is something that they really want to have, but they would never purchase for themselves, right? So that's another thing. And sometimes that is a little bit more pricey than others and also, if you know that they're big fans of something, I would always you know look into that. So, for example, if somebody loves a sports team, buy them a hat or something or like a jacket or something like that, or even, you know, the latest jersey or something like that. Right. Or if you're really out of ideas, if that person has a partner, ask the partner and the partner will oftentimes know what they would really like or consider thoughtful. So these are some just avenues to just to consider. Alice in the dojo says she's given giftology as a gift. So that's some, that's some next level giftology right there. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) All right. So we've talked about two traditions so far. So number one, family time, number two, giving gifts and red envelopes. So we'll go to number three, our third kind of lunar new year tradition that we feel is really powerful. And that is spring cleaning or, or the concept of, of cleaning up at lunar new year, which my understanding anyway that the traditional basis for that is you're you're sweeping away the evil spirits you're you're cleaning things out getting all the evil spirits and that might be lurking in the dark corners and behind those heavy furniture that never gets moved you're sweeping all that away so that you can start fresh in the new year so traditionally you know windows are washed the things that rarely get cleaned are are cleaned uh, you're making sure that the, the where you are is spotless for visitors. I've even heard of people who get rid of all their underwear at the start of each Lunar New Year because they want to start the new year, year fresh with fresh underwear. I'll leave it up to you whether you want to do that or not. Uh, that's just what, something I, I've heard of. But yeah, the, the, the idea and the kind of like the productivity idea is the way you can apply this is the obvious, which is the the decluttering. So it's a great excuse, it's a, gl- a great time to do that decluttering of your workspace, your home. It could include a digital declutter, which we have a, a dojo course on a how to do a digital declutter and just getting rid of things that are unnecessary services that you're not using anymore, keeping your desk free from clutter. And we've got articles uh, and resources on, on that about this concept of clearing to neutral, which is a, a really pa- powerful productivity technique, which we've talked about in the past. And we have some blog posts and articles all about optimizing your workplace for productivity and getting more done. So again, we'll, in the show notes, we'll have links to those. One thing I'm going to implement for 2020 on a more systematic basis is a quarterly declutter and purge of my office. So traditionally, I try to keep it not too messy, but you know, stuff builds up over time. And so I've got it in my OmniFocus in my task manager once a quarter to just do, go through and just do a violent purge of, of everything that uh, is not necessary anymore. So that's something that I'm actually going to implement in 2020 as part of my uh, kind of Lunar New Year reset. I remember growing up, around this time of the year, my parents would like go 
crazy when it comes to cleaning. And my parents were like growing up, they were, I wouldn't call them like neat freaks whatsoever. Like my, my parents are pretty casual when it comes to keeping things clean. And I think that's a habit that I picked up too. It's like, ah, it's all right. Like, you know, this kind of looks clean. But no, when it's like Lunar, Lunar New Year, everything has to be clean. Like, there's no spot on the window anywhere. When it comes to like your couch, we would lift up the couch and make sure everything you know, underneath the couch was like gone. And, you know, and the rest of the year, we would never do that. But during Lunar New Year, we would do stuff like that. And so I remember, you know, having to help out with cleaning stuff and making sure everything looks spotless and everything. And when I think about how we apply this to our personal life, on a day-to-day basis, I don't do enough cleaning whatsoever. If anything, I'm really good at doing it the opposite way of like cluttering as much as I can without actively being <laughs> aware of it. But what I took away from this thing, and this actually inspired me to, to do this for this year, is I have a housekeeper coming every other week. And I know that your environment makes such a big impact on your productivity that I've decided that, you know what, I want her to come every single week. Because if I start my week with a, you know, desk free, kind of like clutter free desk where everything is like away, it's super clean and super nice and like everything smells nice and everything looks good and everything looks streamlined, I'm going to be so much more productive. And so I'm going to make a quote unquote financial impact on this, but also I'm going to make a personal commitment to this to say, hey, I want to start every single week with my desk super clean, right? And as somebody who has a hard time keeping things clean and decluttered, I know myself like I'm not going to change enough to be like, okay, I'm going to become that person who is like dusting and, you know, is like doing all this different stuff. Like I'm just not going to be that person. Part of it is me just being lazy. But also part of me is like, you know, I have somebody who really enjoys that stuff as well. Like my housekeeper enjoys like rearranging stuff and dusting off stuff. And I would rather give it to her to do, you know, for her to earn some extra money. But also she really enjoys it. So I'd rather have her do it than me. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. So that's something I'm really committed to doing this year. Actually, you bring up an interesting point, which is one thing a lot of times where people run into friction with goals or resolutions or whatever it is, is they decide they're going to totally reinvent themselves or changing themselves. And that can definitely happen. It is possible that that happens, but more often than not having a, a big goal that you're going to, you're going to really, really change a lot of times doesn't work out quite the way that you think it will. So probably a better process is kind of what you did, which is, you could say I'm going to be a super house cleaner and that's a goal for 2020, but probably better is to set up systems and habits that support what you want to have happen without the kind of pressure of being this this humongous change. So instead of you just declaring that this year, this year is going to be different this year, everything's going to be cleaner. You're like, no, that's probably not going to happen. Why don't I set myself up for success and put a bit of an investment in it and then uh, with the, the cleaner and that will get me where I want to go in a much more likely to succeed way. So when you're making these type of goals, that is an approach that I definitely recommend. Yeah, I guess another way, because I never thought about it that way until you mentioned it, but like if I kind of like reverse engineer of how I came up with that, it's it's really simple. If the outcome or the goal is... I want to have a clean desk every single week when I start my work week. You know, what are all the ways of getting there, right? So one is, okay, I could do it myself, right? 
and then I can become the person who will clean everything and you know organize everything and, and all that stuff. That's one option, right? Another option would be, you know, I have a living partner with me and I tell that person like, hey, could you do that for me every single week or something, right? Or I could have a housekeeper who already comes here every other week and do that. You know, you start generating options and different ideas and all this different stuff, right? And I basically decided, you know, option number three is probably the way to go. That's probably the most consistent way and probably the most friction-free way for me to get there as well, right? So if I want to have a clutter-free desk, and I want to have it done consistently that way, then option number three out of all options and considering budgeting, resources, timing, and all that stuff, that's probably the way to go. Because I just don't see myself becoming that person. You know, I don't enjoy decluttering at all. I know it's important and I do appreciate the outcome, but doing it myself, no, please, no, no, thank you. But I know somebody who really enjoys that process. And so I would rather tag team that way and say, hey, let's, let's work together on this. You know, if and if you're somebody who's in a leadership position or you're managing a team, it's kind of like the same idea, right? So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And what if you give work that you don't really enjoy doing or that you're terrible at and you give it to somebody who's really good at it or they really enjoy doing it, right? And you kind of divide and conquer that way with your team. You start to see amazing things happen, right? People enjoy their work. Fantastic work gets created just because you kind of like move stuff around. And it's kind of the same thing in your own personal life, right? If there's a lot of things that you don't particularly enjoy doing, give it to somebody who really enjoys it so that you can focus on things that you do really enjoy, right? And by me having this clean desk, I can create more awesome podcast content. I can create more products for Asian efficiency. I can do all these different things that make me happy and make a bigger impact on everybody that's listening. And it all started with just, you know, something simple as like, hey, somebody like my housekeeper can do all the decluttering so I can, you know, write amazing content when I start Monday morning. So spoiler alert, in a few weeks, we're actually going to have a podcast episode all about decluttering your environment, decluttering your workspace and how you can tie that into your productivity. So watch out for that one. Another resource I want to point you to is a productivity show episode, the product TPS 256. So the productivityshow.com forward slash 256 which doesn't seem like it's much of a connection. Uh, the, the topic of that podcast was how to be productive through illness and recovery, which you would think doesn't have too much to do with what we're talking about. However, it was a panel, so to speak, with two professional organizers. And even though we're talking about illness and recovery and that sort of thing, a lot of what we talk about has to do with keeping things decluttered and ways you can do that because that's exactly what they do as a profession. And Katie says that was a great episode. So thank you so much, Katie. All right. So our three traditions or practices from Lunar New Year that we think uh, you can apply. Number one, family time. Number two, giving gifts and red envelopes. And number three, this concept of doing a deep cleaning. We've given these tips to have a more prosperous and productive year of the rat. That's what that's what it's all about. Being able to translate this into a more productive next year coming up. And just remember, like we said earlier, if you haven't kickstarted your year yet, not a problem. This is your second chance. We give you permission to have a, a Lunar New Year do-over to the start of your year. So just over the course of the year, just make small changes in each of these three areas that we talk about and just keep uh, improving all year. So Kaizen all the way. So thank you so much for listening. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get stuff done. You should be able to get everything done in the time that you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have 
increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get stuff done. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.